0: audio was recorded at Stone Oak Bible Church. For more information about our church or for more resources, visit us at stoneoakbible.com. All right. Well, um, again, I want to thank you all for sticking around and um, don't tell me about the World Cup. Don't. All right. I have it recorded. I don't think they love Jesus, that it would air right on a Sunday morning. Anyway, don't tell me. Um, but I'm glad that you're here. And what I'd like to do is I'm just going to talk while you eat. So don't feel rude. Um, just go for it, all right? So just talk. I, I, wanna, I want us to um, have enough time. So I'm going to go ahead and kick us off this morning. We are in a really exciting time as a church, and it's an exciting morning for us as a church. Um, And I know that some of you might not know our story. And so this morning, this afternoon, I'd like to start with our story about how we've gotten to this point. Why are we here? What are we talking about here today? Um... So I'd like to start there. Spring of last year, we were meeting at Stone Oak Elementary, um, and that was that was fun, and um, things were going well there. But in that time, we began to sense that things might not be as long term as we were we were hoping. So, spring of last year, we began to to look around, and we began to think that it might be wise for us to get a team together who could look at options for us, both short-term options and um, and long-term options. Now, we weren't in a hurry. It wasn't that we were getting kicked out yet. However, at this point, we just wanted to be wise, and we wanted to know what was out there. And so the team went out, and... um, It was later fall that year, and uh, as we fast forward a little bit, that we found out that we were no longer going to be able to meet at Stone Oak Elementary. Um, We discovered that it was going to be unavailable for us the last part, uh, the last couple weeks of the year. And um, unfortunately, this is one of the risks that churches face when they meet in public schools. And, uh, and so we found out about this and we were so grateful that we had already begun to develop a team to keep our eyes open because hearing this news around Thanksgiving, knowing that by the end of December we were done, whew, that was a fun time. Uh, that was a fun time. But we were grateful uh, that this team was already there and this put a little fire under us. So the team did an incredible job. They came back with results from both things, the short and the long term. The short term, we were able to find Bush Middle School, where we are right now. And I unfortunately, I don't have time to tell you about how cool the story was about us getting into this place. But wow, we are grateful. We are so grateful that God showed up and directed us here and um, in perfect timing. So that was the short term, but for the long term, the team also came back with a great piece of land. Uh, The land had a a great price tag in comparison to market value. And along with with that, the team also informed us that there had been a pledge of, some pledges that have come together to make a million dollars. To go toward this if, this is the direction that the Lord was leading us in as a church, which can we just stop and realize for a moment the generosity that is on display there? Um, these these uh, givers want to remain anonymous, but they put their resources together to be used for a kingdom impact. It's overwhelming. So um, our elders began to pray and, and think and, and come together and pray hard about whether or not this is the right direction for our church to go in at this time, at this stage. And through prayer, we felt that we should, with caution and wisdom, proceed to kind of explore what might happen through this. And so we've taken our time. We have really taken our time, we've not rushed into this, but in the spring we began to reach out to see what this might look like for our church with this piece of land. In order that we can have a better idea of one, can we even build a church there? Um, are there any restrictions? Why is the land so cheap? People don't give away things, so why is it cheap? We need to know why it's, why it's cheap. Is, uh, is there something wrong with it? What are the real numbers associated with the land? So in all of this, we wanted to determine whether or not we should even enter into a due diligence process at all. Um, to bring it before the congregation. The last thing we wanted to do was to bring something before our congregation only to be like, whoops. It's an ancient Indian burial ground. We didn't know about that. Or whoops, that we can only build a shack on it. We didn't know about that. So we wanted to do our homework to, uh, to make sure it was even wise to even proceed into a due diligence. Well, things came together well. And um, we began to feel as though the land was going to be worth looking deeper at through this process worth bringing before us together. And so in April, we began a due diligence process. Due diligence, for those of you who are not familiar with the term, um, is our best attempt to remove the unknowns out of this process so that we're able to best make the most informed and wise decision for our church family. That is our goal Of due diligence. Now, I will say this up front though. There is absolutely no way to remove 100% of all the unknowns from anything in life, let alone purchasing a piece of land. But due diligence is our best effort to seek and destroy all unknowns from this process, to have an answer so that we can make the best and wise decision. It's like a family buying a home. You want to make sure before you close. That it is a wise decision for your family. You are going to have inspections done, appraisals done. You're going to talk to a bank. This is due diligence, and this is exactly what we are doing and where we are in this process. And like I said last week, we are actually nearing the finish line of the due diligence process. Yeah. (laughs) Today, my hope is to show you what we found through this process. Um, To show you some of the unknowns that we were able to... To, to work through. Um, and also, I wanna go over what it's gonna take for us together to cross the finish line of due diligence. So due diligence is really three main parts that we consider, three main questions that due diligence answers. The first is what about the land? The second is what about the money? And the third is what about the people? What about the land? What about the money? What about the people? And this will serve kind of as a roadmap for us. We're going to work through these three things here uh, today. So I want to start with the first part with the land. Um, two weeks ago, we voted, two weeks ago? It was July 1st. We voted, yeah, two weeks ago. We voted unanimously to affirm, to spend the designated, a portion of the designated funds on the due diligence process, which was really uh, encouraging to see. It was great to see. And with that, we are now working, we're working with an engineering company, architects, and they've done a lot of work to assess the land. Um, From water quality issues to impervious coverage, topography issues, even flying golf ball issues, as we will talk about here in a minute. They've done surveys, geological surveys, and with all of that, the architect has also been working really hard to provide some options That would support our ministries well. To have enough space for our kids. Provide room for growth. And doing all of this while keeping cost as low as possible. Um, And through this whole process, everyone has worked to really accomplish two things. One, to make sure that it would in reality be possible to build a church on this land. And two, to get a better idea of the cost. So you're going to see a lot of the fruits of this labor on our second question with what about the money. But one of the things that this gave us is, uh, is this. This is small. I'm going to have a bigger one for you. If you can see it from back there, you guys have better eyes than most. But this is what we're looking um, at right now for floor plans. So for those of you who struggle to visualize things, hopefully this will put some skin on the vision a little bit for you to see. Uh, Along with that, there is this. This is an aerial view to show you. If you've driven by the land, it feels very small. This was the most helpful thing for me to look at, because I'm like, how on earth are we going to park and fit? Well, this shows us that, wow, there's more space here than we thought we had. And our chief concern, um, like we'll talk about a lot, is space for our ministries, specifically our kids. Our kids and students, um, as well as great space for other things in our community. And the architect has done such a phenomenal job with such a small footprint. I mean, it's really, it's really incredible. And so the first question of the due diligence is what about the land? And um, up to this point, Through all the work that has been done on this land, we have seen that it will be possible to build the church that we would need on this land, um, on this piece of property. So the question of, what about the land? At this point, we feel great about the land through this process, and that's something to be said. A lot of the unknowns have been taken away, and we're grateful for that. So at this point, what about the land? We feel great about this piece of land. If this is where God is leading us, we feel really good that this land will help us accomplish it. Which leads us to the second question, and that is, what about the money? Uh, One of the most important things that the process has done for us uh, that was accomplished through this is that it helped us get some real numbers, some harder numbers, um, to give us a better idea of what this is going to cost. The architect and builder has given us numbers for Things like site prep, things, um, numbers on water quality systems, wow, Um, numbers on making sure that we have enough greenery, right, Um, potential HOAs, upkeep and maintenance, even numbers to fix the golf ball problem. Here's the golf ball problem, by the way. This is a a tee box here. The hole is down here somewhere. Not everyone's as good of a golfer as you are. There's a strong possibility that as people hit, especially the men's, see the ladies' tee box is here, the men's is kind of hooking. We would be a great target for that tee box. So we've, we've come up with a solution for some netting here. And what I find humorous about this is where do you think visitor parking would most likely be in this scenario? Right here. It's like, welcome to Stone Oak. Hope your car makes it through our service, right? And it's not that Sunday's a golfing time or anything, right? Um, so we've gotten numbers on even things like that, like how to fix these, these issues. And without getting too far into the weeds, today we, we do have a better idea of how much it's gonna cost uh, to accomplish all this. And so as I share this though, I wanted to share two items of good news with you. Ready for some good news? Nope, all right, first. Um, We received another donation of $500,000 from within our church. Um, I just want you to, again, this was done anonymously. This was given to see kingdom work done in our community, and it's, again, overwhelming to consider. It is incredible. This means that before we approached our congregation with a financial need, before we knew what the financial need even was. We've received a total of $1.5 million in pledges and donations. And um, it's incredible. And it's humbling to whom much is given, much is required. And I think there is a wonderful weight of stewardship that we should all feel as we pray, and as we make this decision, truly incredible. The uh, that's the first bit of good news. Let me share the second bit. Um, we approached the Texas Baptist Men. Uh, they're a nonprofit who work in construction. Typically, they do. Um, They do a lot of work for disaster relief, where they're going to go in and help a community rebuild after disaster. They also do a lot of work in building things, but building churches. Most typically, they, as their name would hint at, they they build Baptist churches, but they want to expand beyond that. And uh, we approached them to see if maybe they would take on our project. And how cool is this? They said yes. And... um, Just to give you an idea here, because that didn't mean a lot to me until I knew what we were talking about. Um, Typical construction costs consist of material and labor. And the Texas Baptist men are going to donate their manpower for the labor. In fact, that's approximately, they've given us a number of 78 to upwards of 90% of the labor cost, depending on the project. So just to put a rough figure on that, that would be an estimated savings on the low end of about $550,000 to about $600,000 or even more, which, again, is just incredible. And I say this, and I want to be careful when I say this, because we're not able to be in contract with them yet. And the reason for that is because we're still in due diligence on buying the land. Once we get through this, then we'll be able to move forward. But if the Lord moves us in this direction, what a blessing that is. I mean, it's incredible. And so after kind of pulling all of that together, um, here is where we stand. We are estimating the total cost. This is the number including site work. This is the number including um, the land purchase. This is a number including building, furnishing that building. This is a number that is also including the uh, Texas Baptist men, conservatively. All in, we would estimate that the total cost would be within the range of 2.4 to 2.9 million. Again, this is rough numbers here. We do have extensive spreadsheets, and um, that we would love to show you. I don't want to, you know, bog our discussion down here with that. But we, but we do have that, and we'd love to work through. So, if you factor in uh, the 1.5 million dollars that's that's been already um, that's been already pledged, we have a gap of. Um, Again, this is approximate, but of 1.2 million to buy this land and to build the church on it. From the beginning, I want to be very honest, we have decided as elders that this, whatever happens, will not interfere or cripple ministries that are going on at Stone Oak. We have seen from the beginning, and we have said from the beginning, and we have believed from the beginning that where we meet our location is nothing but a tool. It's nothing but a tool to be leveraged for the gospel, and whatever we do, we desire to increase our potential ministry into our community, not to cripple it through poor decisions. So as we look at this $1.2 million gap, our hope, our heart would be to pay in cash for it. How cool would that be? We would love to pay this in cash, and I really want to not put that past God to do talk a little bit more about that in a little bit, but we know we're willing as elders as well to consider some outside financial resources uh, to help, as long as it's a wise move for us. For example, we're looking at Christian Investors Financial. Um, if you don't know who they are, we, we're looking to, called CIF, we're looking to them for a potential of a loan. They're an EFCA organization. Uh, we're an EFCA-affiliated church. And um, they are a Christian financial group who exists to help churches like ours to get where the Lord is calling us to go. Uh, and, and so as we've put everything on paper, everything, bringing everything together, like I said, I have more complex and wonderful spreadsheets um, that we would love to go over with you. Um, But if you factor in price of land, site prep, price of construction, price of building, price of materials, price of furnishings, factoring in pledges already received, factoring in Texas Baptist men, factoring in the potential assistance from Christian investors, financial, in a way that would be wise for us to move forward, here is our goal. Our financial goal is $500,000 over a three-year period. So over the next three years, that's 36 months, roughly, um, we would need to bridge a gap of about $500,000 as a church in order to make this a reality. Now, um, I say $500,000, but I, I'm also remembered that the number is really two million. But before we've gotten to this place, $1.5 has already been pledged, and so the remainder of that is $500. And again, if God is leading us in this direction, we really mean this when we say this. We believe he's going to provide for us. And it's amazing how he can show himself bigger than big numbers. It's amazing how he uses his people. So now again, the question, the big question of this process is what about the money? So through this process, we've been able to get a firmer grasp on the numbers, the 500. And as we are looking at the way that we can kind of assess our ability to bridge that gap. um, The best way for us to do this as a church is through pledges. And pledges, just to clarify, are not financial donations um, at this point anyway. And if you want to donate to it, I'd love to talk with you, but that's not what pledges are. Pledges are different. Pledges are us saying together, look, if this is where the Lord is leading us to go, if this is where what the Lord is calling us to do, and if through prayer we believe this is going to be the wise financial and wise ministry move for us as a church, pledges are, are us saying, hey, we would be willing and able to contribute this amount over the next three years. We would be willing to sacrifice this amount in order to make it a reality. And so just to be clear here, what this means that if you make a pledge to see this happen and through prayer, God says, no, this is not the direction that we're going as a church. We wouldn't be collecting finances for a project we're no longer doing. So pledges help us assess in the due diligence process before we get further down the road. So this is why pledges are important. Um, pledges help us kind of best assess where we are and what we can expect as a church so that we can be wise in the due diligence process. So we, as we've thought about this and as we've um, thought about this process, this entire journey, we've, we've decided to call it Rooted. We chose the idea of Rooted um, because we feel it sums up the heart and the hope behind all of this. Uh, read Colossians 2:6 As therefore you have received as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord so walk in him rooted and built up in him and established in the faith just as you were taught abounding in thanksgiving So the idea of rooted is first and foremost that we be deeply rooted in Christ deeply rooted together in the gospel but more than that we also want to be a church that is deeply rooted in our community At the end of the day, that's what we believe that this building would be a great tool to help us accomplish. Um, That we would be able to establish more permanent roots here in our community. And that's the heart behind Rooted. Um, I'll tell you a story. It was four years ago. Um, We had not yet launched as a church. And we came together as a small group of people for the first time. Uh, in something that we, call, we called Roots. Um, I don't know if you remember this, if you were there for this. We were in a, uh, a trailer in this, and this is uh, Drew Lever. He's one of the churches that came around us to help us launch well, and he was there to encourage us and pray with us. But this is Roots. We met together to talk about our roots as a church, our mission, our vision, our values, who we are, And today, what I really feel like we're doing is we're talking about taking those roots and planting them deeply here, rooted here in Christ, in our community, um, together as we continue to preach and live out the gospel, make disciples, and plant more churches. This is the heart behind all of this. The heart behind, um, behind rooted. So as we think about this, as we've said from the beginning, we've decided to approach this process very simply. In our last family member, we uh, family meeting, we talked about we're not going to do a flashy campaign. We don't want to overhype this or rah-rah this into completion so that more people give. Instead, from the beginning, we really believe that if God's people come together in prayer, that God will lead us in the direction we should go. And if he leads us in the direction we should go, he will provide a way for us to get there. Not believing that we know all the answers, instead asking all of us to pray together as we move into this. And honestly, we are really expecting... I mean this, we are really expecting that if the Lord, through prayer, as we come together as a church, if the Lord says, Stone of Bible Church, I want you to go this direction, we believe and we are expecting that all of us together are gonna step in in unity as God would lead us. And so because of that, um, the pledge process of Rooted is, is here to help us get a more accurate feel of what that's gonna look like. So real quick, um, about the 500 thousand dollar goal, we're looking to span this over, this is our number, over three years. Um, In other words, we're looking to receive the 500 in a combination of one time and monthly uh, donations spread over 36 months. And, And the reason I say that, we are talking about this today. We are here today in this moment right now because we believe, our elders believe that this is doable for us. Of a church of our size, of a church of our stage, we believe that this is doable in light of donations that have already been pledged. We believe that this is doable for us to achieve over the next three years, if that is where the Lord is calling us to go. Now, we each hear this number in different places, and I'm fully aware of that. Some of us in this room you've been blessed financially in business and you're able to get us significantly closer. Um, Honestly, I have really tried, after the year that we've had, I've really tried to stop thinking small. Um, Because I would not have believed that I would be standing here telling you what I'm telling you right now. Um, I've tried to stop thinking small. Others of you, though, this is not the case and um, might be in a tight moment financially right now, and for some of us, it might take some creativity, like cutting a cord, going without cable for a bit. After the World Cup, there's nothing else on, so you're good, good to go with that. Like making coffee at home and skipping the local coffee stop. Nothing wrong with local. But for some of us, we need to think of smaller steps, smaller sacrifices that add up to make a big difference. And if you think about it like this, 500 over three years, it's 166,000 per year. That's 13,800 per month. And that's 3,100 a week. So just for, for some perspective, if no other donations were to come in and each of us in this room gives $31 a week, we would accomplish our goal with no need for help. Small things grow to big things over time. And so you might be here, you might be somewhere in the middle. The reason I say this is because wherever we are, we're asking for the same thing, that we would all pray that one, this is the direction we're leading and we're going as a church, and then pray also, if that be the case, if what the Lord would have you do. We would ask that you would ask God, what does faithfulness look like in this moment? There's absolutely no expectation of equal financial contributions through these pledges. Instead, equal sacrifice, as we say yes together. So I want to invite you to join us and join our elders, join my family, and and begin to pray. Continue to pray. I know that you guys have already begun to pray, but continue to pray about what... A pledge would look like for your family. Um, now Candace and I cheated a little bit. We knew this was coming and, um, and we knew this was coming this morning. So we already had the opportunity to kind of talk through this and pray through this. And actually what we did is we talked about it, then took some time away from each other to kind of pray and process and then came back together. I don't expect you to have a card, um, your card filled out today. But I do want you to challenge, I want to challenge you to take your card and do exactly what Candice and I did, which is take a moment and pray about what God would have, would lead you to do. And when the Lord leads, to fill out a card. And so over the next couple weeks, here's the the plan. We are going to collect pledge cards over the next couple weeks in that drop box in the back. So no new system, just in the drop box in the back. Um, And along with this, we've set up a website called um, stoneoakbible.com slash rooted. And at this page, you're going to be able to find information, a lot of information. Um, You're going to see pictures. You're going to see a a list, a robust list of frequently asked questions. Um, And there's even a place on that page for you to ask a specific question that maybe we didn't answer. Or ask. So um, check that out. There's also a video on our website that we shot actually from the land that just briefly describes Rooted, designed for people who weren't at this, our lunch today. Um, And so if you're able to pledge through the card, we also, there's a spot on the website where you can pledge digitally on our website, just straight from the, from the webpage, so you don't have to keep track of cards. Uh, lastly, we also made it possible, we've been doing this a lot lately, but um, to make a pledge through text message, we find out, we, we have found that people love using text messages, so we wanna provide that as well. If you text pledge to 210 880 you'll get um, a response that says, thank you for your pledge, and simply click on the following link to make your pledge towards Rooted, and it'll have a direct link for you. With all of these, our hope is to over communicate. We know that the summer, a lot of our people, we almost have more people in Colorado right now than we do in San Antonio, which is awesome. Um, and so our hope is to is to over communicate because I know that not everyone will be able to to uh, is able to be here, and so. Along with that, we get a lot of questions about timeline. I'd like to go over this with you briefly. Um, I want to talk about our timeline. July 2018, the vote to begin due diligence was unanimous, and so we began there. And the finish line of due diligence, September. Uh, Due diligence will be done. And... In other words, in September, we want to be able to say as a church, yes, we feel this is the way God is leading us, or no, this is not the way God is leading us, and either way, we will praise him for answered prayer. But this is the moment that we kind of need to make a decision based on the due diligence process. So over the next five weeks, we're gonna be collecting pledge cards, and um, on August 19th, That's gonna be the last time to collect pledges. This will give us as elders a chance to come around and and just pray for direction. So August 19th is the last time that we're gonna collect the cards. Along with that though, every Sunday between now and September, or until August 9th, um, our elders are gonna be available here at 9 a.m. in the teacher's lounge. We're going to be here. We're just going to be available. If you don't have questions, that's fine. But if you have questions, we want to be available for you. Or if you would just like to come and pray with us, we'd love to pray together um, with you. So on top of that, though, we also are having another uh, family meeting in in the clubhouse that we had our last one in. And uh, it's going to be a Q&A meeting where we're not coming with any agenda at all. We're just going to show up. You guys, if you have questions, we're going to go through them, and then we're going to pray together. That's that's really our only agenda there. Um, make sense? Make sense? All right. And then if we decide to move forward this timeline would be in early construction. This is construction of building. Site work would begin sooner, but construction of building would be early spring of 2019. Um, We're working with, uh, we would be working with volunteer labor, so the timeline's a little longer for the build to be done. And so what that looks like for us is an estimated completion of mid-2020. Could be sooner it could be a little later but just to give you a an idea and if any if any of you would like to go deeper into the numbers we're available here Um, we are an open book there's nothing that is off limits for you to ask Um, we could tell you we don't know but um, we're an open book and so i want to invite you to to take advantage of talking to any of us, or coming on Sunday at nine to ask questions, Um, we're here for you. So just as we kind of wrap this up, um, the due diligence process was what about the land, what about the money, lastly, really briefly, is what about the people? So my coaches and mentors in ministry, as I have shared what God's been doing in our church and asking them for prayer and advice, there is one thing that every one of them have said without exception, and that is to focus on your people. They all have said that if the Lord leads in this direction, if he opens the doors, if he provides, and this is the way you're going as a church, you're going to see new people, new families coming through your doors that you've never met yet. You're going to see new kids coming into your children's ministry, more students that are in need of the gospel to be taught. You're going to see more needs. You're going to see more areas to serve. And each of my mentors have looked me in the eye and asked, are you ready for that? So um, I would like to pass the conviction of that question on to you and ask, are we ready for this? Because they're right. If we move this direction, the finances are the easy part. The hard part is the ministry that happens As we move forward, are we ready for this? Are we ready to link arms together? Some of us might be literally grabbing a hammer to get to building. That's awesome, are you ready for that? Some of us, there's some leaders in this room and you're hiding. And for some of us, it's gonna take us saying, you know what, this is a tough season of my life. I am busy, but I want to lead. It's going to take all of us saying all of us saying we want to serve are we ready we started off by saying this is an exciting season for a church it's exciting because of the potential we see the potential to share the gospel with more people and more families in our community to make more disciples to plant more churches the potential for our church to be even more rooted here in our community i'm excited for the future and i want to end our time in prayer and um after I pray, I, I, I believe most of you know who our elders are, but we are all available to talk. Please, if you have something that you would like to ask, you don't need to find me. We all are, are here, all of us. So find any of us. Closest in proximity will work. Find any of us we want to help. Don't hesitate to ask. All right. That was a lot. Let me pray for us, and we'll, we'll dismiss. Lord, what a humbling, what a humbling conversation this has been. Lord, I confess that in this moment I feel so inadequate. Who are we that you would be mindful of us? Who are we that you would bless us in this way? God, I pray for wisdom. If this is where you are leading us, Lord, then give us the boldness and the faith to say yes. If this, is where, if this is not where you are leading us, give us the boldness and the faith to say no. And whether it be yes or whether it be no, Let us worship you all the more because you are a God who answers prayers and who leads his people, who cares for his church. You promised that you would build your church. Sometimes I forget that you love this church more than I do. So through this pivotal season and decision, Lord, we come before you and we ask for wisdom. We thank you for the answers that we've already gotten. We thank you for the good news that we've, Seen, But Lord, as we look to the future, specifically over the next five weeks, we just pray that you would give us an exceptional level of clarity and faith. Would you provide? Not just financially, but would you provide leaders? Would you provide volunteers? Would you provide a vision that is just intoxicating for us and that we could not say no? Would you show us the potential if this is where you are leading us? And would you link our heart tour to yours? We do not believe that this tool will fix everything, will be the answer that we're gonna, that we've been needing. This isn't the grand fix. Lord, this is a grand potential tool to be used for your glory and your kingdom. And if you want us to have this tool, Lord, would you move? So we surrender and we thank you that you're a God who speaks and leads his people. In Jesus' name, amen.